I learned about VA in April. I put in my resignation in May. And then in June, we moved three hours away to a different part of the state that I've always wanted to live in. I started for six different clients at once and I matched my teaching salary that first month. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer. I've been doing digital marketing work since 2009 when I took on my first client accidentally out of the goodness of my heart. And I've started helping my friends, especially military spouses and stay-at-home mom friends who were overeducated, underemployed, get back to working, but working on their own terms during those school hours from the comfort of their own home. And my guest today experienced the same issues with working and wanting a balanced lifestyle, but her story is different. She's not a mom. She was a teacher and she went through hell during the pandemic and realized that she just needed a balanced lifestyle. And the cool thing about Allison Springer she is multi-passionate. She is a living example of someone who can make good money doing something they love and not feeling stuck. And if you follow her on TikTok, you might have seen her channel over there. I encourage you to connect with her, by the way. Check out the show notes for all of her goodies, including her 120 TikTok real ideas to give to you or your clients. But she's gotten a lot of flack for being a teacher who quit. And it's really interesting because I've had a lot of success from teachers and teachers are quitting for different reasons. I mean, what teachers went through during the pandemic, balancing their own life, their own kids, being underpaid. And I can relate to teachers very much just having been a substitute teacher, but also I feel like my profession, my training in journalism was very much like teaching and the fact that I like to take things and I like to share it. I like to share that knowledge and improve people's lives. And teachers are doing that too, just at a different, more scalable level, different audience, live audience and whatnot. If you're a teacher listening to this, I have so many good episodes with fellow teachers here who have made this leap into this online digital marketing freelancer virtual assistant service provider world, right? And it usually starts with someone taking some random VA class that usually didn't teach them the hard skills, but it opened their eyes to the possibility. People quickly niche down and figure out that thing they're good at. Now, I usually see two main tracks with my students. One, the linear type A left brain project management organized person who ends up being the manager, the online business manager. But you have to get started. You have to get started and get familiar with the work first before you can be a manager, right? You got to know what needs to happen in order to manage the people who are doing the task. So that could very much well be a track for you. Another big track, if you're creative like my guest Allison today, is to really niche down in a creative service. And I love Allison's story about how she quickly discovered social media and then niche down into clients who only use video and are showing up on TikTok and Instagram Reels. So, oh my God, this episode today is so good. First of all, we recorded it about a month ago over in my free Facebook group. If you're not a member, join with the link below. Get in there and you can participate and listen, ask questions live, and you can always catch it before it's a podcast. 
she shared some really, really good insight to what it's like working with clients, how you vet them, how you make sure they have the money to make the investment, how you let go of some clients. She shared her tech tools behind the video creation, what's working for her, and I just love it. I love when freelancers come on this show, share their journey, and then they get real honest with how they do the work and what they charge. This is going to be eye-opening for you. Now, full disclosure, Allison and I worked together with my furniture painting client, Tracy Bellion from Tracy's Fancy. I've been with Tracy forever. Eventually, I kind of had to move on to focus on my course, but I made sure Tracy was in good hands with a social media manager, and I passed on Allison. And it's so fun because now Tracy has me back. I'm helping with her Pinterest right now. So I actually take Allison's short form videos and repurpose them over on Pinterest. Now the thing with the Pinterest algorithm right now, you can't just put videos on every day that actually tanks your algorithm. So I do about one a week and I'm finding that works well for my client. I got started with Pinterest marketing. Like that was my niche at the very beginning when I discovered this world a while ago. And I still, I don't mind having one client right now where I do that for. Actually I have two, I lie, I have two. But it wasn't something where I wanted to have 20 of them. And so Allison talks a lot about capacity and how much she can actually handle and really good conversation. If you're listening to this and you're like, yes, yes, I do this. I love social media work. I need more clients. Would you please apply for my digital marketing work group? I have a lot of clients, online business owners looking for help with social media. And Allison talks a lot about how you get your foot in the door and you up level. And this is one way to do it. Build your network so people can refer you like I did for Allison, and that's helped her business blow up. Now, keep Allison on your radar if you're interested in niching down on a social media manager position or a business. She has a course coming out soon. I'll keep you posted on that. But please, we have a lot of social media jobs that aren't getting filled because a lot of my unicorns realize that they don't love, love it, and that's perfectly fine. But maybe you could come in and scoop up that work. All right, let's jump into the interview with Allison Springer. I'm so excited to bring my friend Allison Springer here to share her story about starting off as a social media manager, niching down in TikTok management. But before all of this, she was a teacher. So Allison, welcome to the show. Tell everyone a little bit about you, where you're from and what your life is like. Uh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So my name's Allison. I am from Northwest Arkansas. I live in the Ozark Mountains. And I'm a former teacher turned social media manager turned TikTok manager. I started as a VA. And this is all within the year. So it's been like a crazy whirlwind. A little about my life. Like I have a husband, I have two cats and a corgi. And then since I have a little bit more freedom with my schedule, I'm doing a ton of traveling internationally now. And yeah, like things have just kind of blown up and been really crazy. But just because of my background with teaching and because I changed my career and my entire life in a year, like I love talking to freelancers. I love talking about it because I just, I so want people to believe and know and understand that they have the ability to like change things for themselves and that they can do so fairly easily through freelancing and through like the skills that they already have. Like I didn't really like develop new skills like overnight. I just started learning. So that's kind of like my story and my passion and why I'm here, right? Oh my God. I love that. And you know, that fits with my mission and full disclosure, Allison and I do work together with a client. So this is like kind of fun to have you on here as well, but I have a lot of teachers in my community and we know that they have it very rough right now. And so can you talk a little bit about what your life was like and why you chose to leave and what kind of teacher were you too? I don't even think I know that. 
Oh, no. Well, it's, so we work for an artist client, right? But um, so I was a former advanced art teacher for high school and junior high, and I loved it. I loved it, loved it. And it was fantastic. I still miss my students, but you know, I'm very multi-passionate. I think a lot of people that have an entrepreneurial spirit can resonate with that. And so I've always like, I have a graphic design degree. I have an art education degree. I have a biology minor. I, I learned languages. Like I am passionate about so many things and I could never really figure out what exactly I wanted to do, but I loved my internship when it came to art ed. So I chose that, even though I had two degrees at the same time, but because teacher pay was kind of low, like I loved traveling. I had never traveled internationally until I was like a first year teacher. And then I, I, I started doing it. It got addicted. And so I was always doing like these side hustles and part-time jobs and graphic design and social media or whatever I could pick up um, in order to kind of like fuel that habit. But I was always kind of like curious about other things. Like I was never one of those people that was like, I'm hundred percent going to be a teacher for the rest of my life. This is my purpose. This is my passion. I saw the lifestyle. I saw the summers off. I saw like the enjoyment of my job and every day being different. And I really enjoyed that, but there were so many aspects of it that were really challenging for me. And part of it was like not necessarily believing in the education system as it stands. Part of it was really struggling with work-life balance. I commuted 45 minutes each way every single day for five years. And it was really like I was so consumed by teaching that I was struggling to prioritize like my marriage, my hobbies, my friends, my life. And I, I went through bouts of teacher burnout, crazy anxiety, health issues. I got diagnosed with like hypothyroidism and, and then ADHD actually this past year. Um, so oh, right. it, it kind of just like was there. Like the groundwork was set. And then I taught from home, like everybody, I uh, got sent home during the pandemic. I taught from home for two months. And through that process, I realized like, I don't like teaching from home, but I love working from home. And so how can I make this happen? Because like, I got to take my dog on walks in the middle of the day. I got to wake up and like have a slow cup of coffee. Um, I got to like rediscover things in my life. Like I picked up roller skating. I was drawing again. Like I actually, it made me feel privileged and kind of guilty, but like, I felt like that time was like a time to rediscover myself. And then I was forced back in the classroom in August, pretty much immediately. Like we had staff members die like in, in our area. Like we where I was teaching in person and virtually simultaneously, not, and we can't even do it simultaneously. Like we had to do the virtual after school because it was the robbing the kids that were there. Like, and it was just, I think seeing like the public disrespect, but also missing like that part of my life that I had rediscovered and like diving back into it was just like, I don't think this is the life I want anymore. Like I, I don't think this is the lifestyle I want. It wasn't about the job. It wasn't about the students. It was just about me and my life. And it, so it set the stage in March of that next year, I was just on TikTok hanging out because I had a teacher TikTok account where I was just dancing in my classroom, like trying to like stress relief. And <laughs> I learned about virtual assisting from like a random chick on there. She was talking about what virtual assistants do. And I was like, you know, I can do that. Like maybe I just need to a year off. Maybe I just need some time. Like what if I can just match or even like come up like 500 to $1,000 short of my teaching salary? Like I'm pretty thrifty. I've been poor. Like I think I can make it. Um, so I talked to my husband, I invested in like a really like cheap starter program, shout out to Aubrey Malik. She's amazing. And she's like up to prices and like killing it. And I loved that starter program. And so I, <laughs> I learned about VA in April. I put in my resignation in May. Um, and then in June, we moved three hours away to a different part of the state that I've always wanted to live in. I started for six different clients at once and I matched my teaching salary that first month. And oh so my God. yeah, like everything crazy. is kind of crazy, crazy, crazy. And so 
from there, I realized I didn't love being a VA because I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not like a VA personality. Like I wasn't great at like people telling me what to do. Like I wanted more, like <laughs> I wanted more like say and like the strategy mm-hmm. of it. Like I'm like, okay, yes. I'll do the task, but this is the wrong task. Right. Um, so <laughs> And I was loving the social media task. So then in August, actually around the time that we met, I niched down and started just doing social media management. So that's kind of like my two, three minute, like short story there. Oh my God. I love it. And I love how honest you are about it. Cause like the VA world was never for me. And just for anyone listening, when I hear VA and it's not really a job title, it's like this umbrella term for anyone working online, but most people refer to like the admin work. That is not my thing. That is not what I teach. I feel like if you ever had a real job, you you can pop in and you can do that and like get started. But I love the fact that you went like all in right away. You had six clients right away. Where did you get them? Where did you find them? I'm I'm such an all or nothing person. Um, And I realize that now, like with my personality and also entrepreneurship this past year, like you get to realize so much about your personality that's just squashed by nine to five. Like, and I'm like, oh, dang. So I love your focus on like digital marketing versus virtual assistant because they are kind of two different things. So my first six clients, like I, I reached out on my social media and was like, hey, all of my teacher friends, they you know anybody that needs help virtually because I'm going to be virtual assistant now. Hi. Uh, and so then I got my first client that way. It was somebody that okay. called me that needed help with like her online course that was to help teachers with burnout. So that was great. I got two people that were like fitness coaches where I helped them set up like their Dubsado, like their CRM and backend stuff, which by the way, like I didn't know how to do any of this. I just, actually, I was like, yeah, like I can totally do that. And I'm like, how to use Dubsado. <laughs> like, and then I had, I had two other clients that I just found on Facebook like that were just hiring for general admin work. And then I had one other client that was hiring a copywriter. And I'm like, am I a copywriter? I don't know. Um, So I tried like the sample project that so many people give and they hired me over like a bunch of copywriters. So I had six clients and I was like, don't know what I'm doing, but like, I'm very thrifty and I'm going to figure it out. Though I will say, I don't ever recommend anybody ever, period, exclamation point, like onboarding six clients at one time, terrible nope. decision. I didn't know that though. Like I was yeah. starting and I was like, I'm going to start work. Like this is a new job. It's fine. And I was like, oh shoot, this is a lot. <laughs> but I teach my like, students not to do that. It's like working in a restaurant and getting double sat only like quadruple sat. Oh my God. It, you can't ever get out of it my week or something. So you have time to like figure yeah. out the system. But to be honest, it was great for me because I learned so much really quickly. I learned a million different softwares, a million different tasks. And I also learned like, okay, I need an actual like onboarding system to make this easier for myself because this is not going to be sustainable. Oh my gosh. So what made you do the social media aspect of everything? Like, what did you like about that? So it's funny because I had like a teacher gram, which is like for people that aren't in the teaching profession, it's like an Instagram account devoted to like teachers. And so I had a teacher gram that was all based on like teachers and wellness. And then I quit teaching. So I'm like, what the heck do I do with this account? Um, But it was interesting because I just, I built that and I built it because I was so interested in like getting out that message that I was geeking out on social media. And then like, I had a teacher TikTok and it was kind of the same thing. Like I was interested in what would help people grow on TikTok because like I was enjoying TikTok and like I was geeking out on it. Like I would get home from teaching and like want to learn about marketing. And I listened to a lot of marketing podcasts when I was still a teacher. So then, you know, fast forward to starting to work for clients. A lot of my VA tasks were social media based and you can tell so much, like once you start as like a generalist, like doing a lot of different tasks, like you can tell there's some tasks that you're going to procrastinate. And there's some tasks that you're going to be like, wow, this doesn't even feel like work. Like, this is so great. Yeah. It was social media for me. And it was what I was good at. It was what was getting clients results. And it was also what I was like, 
hey, I'm a VA and you're telling me to do this thing and I don't want to do this thing, but here's a way you could do it better. Um, so, and I started seeing more people, you know, once I got into this space, I started seeing more people talking about like specializing in certain areas. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I maxed out. Like I, I got to like where I was charging 45 an hour after a few months, I had hit a 5K month. And I was like, okay, like what next? Like, how else can I do this? I don't have any more time. Like, yeah. and so I was like, okay, like this is a way I have to specialize. I have to get really good at one thing instead of just doing okay at everything. And that's how I can charge more. That's how I can work less. Um, and that's how I can actually, until then, I don't feel like I even viewed it as a business, but that's really when things shifted for me and things okay. exploded. Yeah. And I love that because that's what I teach my students to do. Like get your foot in the door, gain that clarity, that awareness of what you're good at and what you love and you have to pay attention to it. And the people who stay stuck continue to do all of the things all of the time. And you can niche down in very interesting packages. Like it doesn't have to be just one specialty either. And I mean, you're kind of proof of that with like your TikTok knowledge and adding in social media strategy. And another thing you have to add in is I love when people come to the table with ideas and like they care about the business and they're, you know, they're really invested. And I think that says a lot that you are more of the leader than the doer. And you can really quickly build a name for yourself when you care about your clients' businesses. It's not that hard. Like first you have to get in like you did and, and prove yourself from nothing. And it's not that hard to quickly go up the ladder. So how did you position out of the hourly work? Cause now you do packages, right? Yeah. So the way that I positioned out of it is, so I started just, here's the whole thing, right? Like if you have any kind of specialty, whether it's copywriting or blog management or social media management or TikTok management, anything, you have to first be like, okay, like what is the result I want to get my client? So the result I wanted to get my client was I wanted them to help grow organically on social media. So at first I was like, okay, like to do that, I might need, this is what I think they probably need. They probably need five to seven posts a week. They probably need X amount of reels, like two to three reels minimum. They probably need, like I was looking at Instagram then I was like, okay, well we can repurpose that to Facebook. And so I kind of started just like Instagram, Facebooking over here and TikTok wasn't really so much a part of it at first. And so I was just like, okay, this is what I think would be good in a package. I looked up sample social media management packages online. And then whenever I get on a discovery call, whenever I talk to a potential client, I am just like, okay, like, what are your needs? Like, I'm actually, all of my packages are custom. So I'm like, okay, like, let's talk about all your problems and let's talk about how like my stuff can solve it. And so then like I put together three packages, like small, medium, and large based on the, the things that they are struggling with. Right. And like the smallest one, I learned this from my mentor, shout out to Rachel Peterson. The smallest one is like, you know, what they want. The medium one is what they actually need, like what you know that they need. And then the biggest one is like the big kahuna. Like if you could solve their problems and like actually offer everything, like what would you offer them? And then you price them accordingly within what you feel like is reasonable. And then, then you're giving them options. And oftentimes, like I would have just given the option one, when I was first starting, but then like, once they see those different options, they're like, Oh no, I actually need this. Or like, Hey, like I can afford this, or at least it gives them something to work towards or move up to in later times. So like the client that we both work for, I started doing her freaking Instagram management. Like I started doing her Instagram and Facebook. And now I do her Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, YouTube. Like now I'm like everywhere over there. And it really is partially because like we started in one place but she knew that there were possibilities beyond that. So that's kind of how I transitioned to packages. But, and here's the thing too, if you notice that you don't like doing something, I hate doing Instagram engagement. Like I don't want to go and comment on random people's stuff. Like I'll, I'll do comment responses, um, but I hate doing Instagram engagement. I don't want to do DM management. I have no desire to do like Facebook community management or Pinterest 
I just don't have any desire to learn those things. And so those are things that will not be in my packages. And if they are, I make sure my package rate is like super high. So that way I can pay somebody else to do it. So like if you hate something, stop putting it in your packages. Like that's the the beauty of transitioning to packages. Because as a VA, if somebody tells you to do something, you're like, how high do I jump? Like, I'm going to go do that now. But if you're a specialist and you're able to offer packages, if you don't like something, then you just say, I don't actually offer that service. Here's somebody that can, or I just don't offer that service. Yeah, you can be very, very clear on your scope of what you do and what you don't do. And that is the beautiful thing when you have a niche and that's clearly communicated. Yeah. Yeah. So are you writing uh, when it comes to your social media? Are you how much of the work are you doing? Because let me give you some background. A lot of my people get in, they start helping clients with like the ongoing digital marketing. So it's emails, it's website updates, blogs, and it's posting to social. Yes. Like level one, helping them post and stay consistent, but they're not always writing it. But very quickly, I would say more than half my people realize they hate social, which is why I was excited to bring you in here, you know, and and half of them like end up liking it. But are you doing like the graphic design? Are you doing the writing? You're doing the scheduling? What about video? Like fill me in on like what that spectrum. Okay. So a little bit of background in December of this year. So I was a social media manager from like August to December. And then I was like, there are certain tasks that make me want to bang my head against the wall. One of them was like just posting random graphics for people because they weren't getting any reach anymore. I think people are kidding themselves if they don't realize that, yes, you can still get some stuff. You you can still do social media with graphics and with still posts. That still can be there, but you have to have some video content to back it up or it's not getting anywhere anymore. So if you're still doing that, I love you, but like, stop, uh, because you're, you're wasting a lot of your time and effort and energy because you aren't like actually capitalizing on what platforms are pushing out. Okay. And so yeah. I was realizing I was, there are certain clients that I had that would not do video content. And I'm, I wasn't able to get them good numbers. And I felt like I was just doing a lot of work for no reason. And that doesn't feel good. And so then nope. I didn't want to do the work. And so then in December, late December for the new year, I sent out a message and I was basically like, hi clients. Um, <laughs> If you no longer have a video package with me, like in uh, the new year, I'm transitioning to basically only offering social media services to those that also have a video package. I'm transitioning to offering uh, primarily TikTok and real services. If you have Instagram or Facebook beyond that, and you want to add that onto that, that's fine. But um, this really is my focus because it's really what's working and here are the numbers that back it up. I transitioned to Reels and TikTok manager. I call myself a TikTok manager. I made it up. Now I'm seeing that a lot more as TikTok is growing. Yeah. So I'm a TikTok manager now. So what I do primarily, I'll tell you how I structure it is every single month, I give my clients evergreen ideas that they can use anytime. So like content ideas that they can use anytime. I give them a tutorial on how to film and how to get me those things and kind of a TikTok for dummies video if they ever want to do their own on there. And then I also send out an email with weekly trends if they want to do them. And, And with a caveat of like, you don't have to do these trends. But if you feel like excited to try something new on TikTok, do them. Here's how you get them to me. But otherwise, we have you covered with all this other video content. So they give me a bank of video content um, with ideas that I give them. But also just like literally if there's an entrepreneur sitting there and she's like drinking her coffee, I'm like film that and plop it in somewhere and I'll put some value over it and we'll make it work as a video. Um, If you're doing literally anything, film it and give it to me. And so they have a shared album. And then I take the stuff, edit, post repurpose, write the copy, do it all. But that really does require me to be like, number one, work with clients that I really care about because it's a lot of work and I have to ingest a lot of their stuff. Number two, it requires me to have to actually consume a lot of their content. So like 
I fully immerse myself in my clients. Like I'm reading their books, I'm taking their courses, I'm learning a lot about them. So that way I have content ideas and I can continuously give them content ideas. And then, so like I might post it on TikTok, but then I'm optimizing it for reels, Facebook reels, YouTube shorts, sometimes Pinterest idea pins, depending on the client. And that's kind of how I work with clients. So that's what I do now as a TikTok manager. But even when I was an Instagram, like when I was just doing general social media management, like it was all about like, okay, first I need to immerse myself in my clients. Then I need to give them a strategy. Then I need to, okay, how can I get the things I need from you? And then like post it. And I don't really, I tell my clients, like if you're a specialist in something, you have to trust me. So like for the first week, you might get like, you can review this first week of content beyond that. Just trust me. Like you're not going to have time to like, we don't have time to do, you don't have time. I don't have time. Like we don't have time to handhold. I love that. I love that yeah. so much. Cause I'm like, you can be like an assistant. That's fine. You can be an assistant and say, you can be a social media assistant and say, I schedule. I like, cause I have a virtual assistant that does a lot of social media tasks for me. She schedules, she creates like the first draft of my graphics. She repurposes stuff for me. She does research. She does my monthly analytics. She does like some research for my clients whenever I'm onboarding them. She does those things and she could call herself a virtual assistant and a social media assistant and do those things. And she charges hourly. If you're transitioning to social media manager, you're the specialist, you're the strategist, you're the expert. And so whether you want to believe that or not, like I just started calling myself like the social media management, like strategist, expert, whatever, like you have to say it and believe it. But like, that's the differentiator between somebody that can charge hourly and somebody that can charge a lot is somebody that is really in that strategy and is in the place where they can write, post, give the strategy and do all the things so somebody can completely hand it off and feel comfortable. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and -and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. Yeah. So is your assistant posting for your clients, like doing that work for you on your behalf? Yeah. So I got an assistant about six months ago and at first she was only doing my stuff. And then now she's transitioning to doing more of my client stuff. Like I have a little, I think everybody has a little bit of trust issue with it because like, you know, I'm okay with my stuff being done to 80. Like they say like, and by the way, use this if you're a VA or freelancer, like if a client isn't okay, I say this to my clients all the time. If you aren't okay with something being done 80% of the way, good, perfect. Like how you exactly would do it. Then it's not something you need to give to me because you're going to nitpick it. You're going to feel upset about it. It's not going to be perfect exactly how you would do it. And so I was okay with my stuff being 80%. I wasn't okay with my client stuff being 80% at the time. And now I'm like, okay, I'm not okay with somebody video editing and doing all that stuff or writing the copy, but my assistant can take stuff from TikTok and repurpose it over to Instagram. So now I'm starting to give her slowly like 
before she was just scheduling and doing analytics and stuff for my content. And now she's starting to do more of like the repurposing for my clients. And now whenever I get on calls with my clients or potential clients, then I say we instead of me. And so oh, good for yeah, you. Exciting, but yeah, it's kind of a baby steps thing. It is like the way that I started doing outsourcing more things. And if you're going to grow a business out of this, like you need to know how to do that. It's like, I just started filming everything I was doing. And then my assistant's first job was to create like training things for basically like a training doc for every task that I did. So like anybody that I brought on or anybody I wanted to outsource something to, they could do it. And I actually do this for my clients as well. So like my clients know whenever they start working with me, like any task I do, I'm going to create a training thing for it just in case I like fall off the face of the planet, you know, like that's an extra benefit, like anything that you add like that. And you can tell clients like that's going to allow you to charge more because they aren't just getting you. They're getting like your resources. They're getting your team. They're getting everything. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I love that. And also because social media is like, they might need to go change something tomorrow because who knows what world events will happen. They're like empowered to do that and lets you kind of like walk away like for a week if you need to. Can I say something on that really quickly, given the world, it's not political, but we're working in social media. This is not, this is a random aside tip. But in working in social media, anytime you are, have like a fail safe, have like an emergency word with your clients. There are very few social media emergencies, but like our client that we both work for, for example, is very peppy and fun. Like if there is a school shooting, um, for example, you don't necessarily want to have that content go out. So always have like an emergency backup plan. Like my assistant knows, like we have a code word. And if I say that code word, she goes into my schedule and hard stops everything until things go back to normal. So we think about the state of the world, like it's really important to have those things because otherwise you can come off as tone deaf and it can be a PR nightmare. And so that's a really important workflow to have if you're working in social media, but also like even emergency, like even if you're a VA, it's nice to have like those emergency like things for clients because otherwise like I might not get back to you for a day or two. Like, let's be real. So yeah. Oh my gosh. You're so right. And to, and to be thinking like that for your client on their behalf, like puts you into that next level too. Mm-hmm. So, cause I know like the client you're talking about, I mean, there were two shootings. Like very near her. Yeah. yeah. Near her. And, and it was very like, oh my God, don't, don't post about anything right now. And I mean, she wasn't in the mental state either, but okay. So I have a couple of techie questions. What are you using to schedule? And for my sake, can you schedule reels? Because my Facebook creator studio is old. It will not update. It's like stuck in IGTV world. So what are you like? Can you schedule reels and what are you using for your So I'm going to drop you a link in the show notes because you can get a free month with my code. And this isn't like an advantageous thing. It's literally a free month. Try it, whatever. Uh, Metrical is what I use. This is like an insider secret. Reels is opening up their API. So you are going to be able to schedule reels soon. July, right? I feel like July is what I heard. And this this podcast, it should be open by the time you hear this podcast. Yeah. So like Reels is opening up their API. So you're going to see a lot of schedulers being able to start schedule them. Um, But Metrical is what I use because right now, even with TikTok and Reels, even though you can't schedule them, you can upload them, write the copy in it. And then it will send you a notification and it will pop up the app. It'll download it to your phone and it'll auto post it. So actually what I do now is I only create content for TikTok. My assistant takes that and repurposes it, but she takes the video, uploads it into Metrical. Um, she types the copy. If I wanted to go in and see what the copy was to make sure that the copy looked good, she's really just taking it from my TikTok like words yeah. anyway. Then I could go in and actually see it. And you can actually, you know, you can invite your clients into it as part of your team. So like, our client that we both work for, like she could go in and see like, what is all the copy for her post this week if she wanted to. 
or if she wanted to make some tweaks, sometimes if it's something very technical and specific, then I'll have her go do that. But yeah, I use Metricool because also you can schedule to TikTok and Reels with the push. You can schedule carousels and everything to Instagram. You can schedule to Facebook. You can schedule to LinkedIn. You can schedule to Pinterest and Google My Business, as well as you get analytics and you can do like competitor analysis and they have like a hashtag thing. So this isn't an ad for Metricool, but like I geek out <laughs> on it so much. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I use. So that's my uh, techie answer. Yeah, I'll totally drop that in. I have a tools resource. I'll use your code for that too. But I've, I've heard you talking about it. And so I'm glad you plugged it because we get this yeah. question a lot. And I actually have a call after you with another like repurposing type company. And I'm really curious because I've tried out different things. And there's I have a repurposing company talk. I use as well. If you want to know that one, I wonder if it's the same thing. Oh my God, what are you using? Okay, so I use repurpose.io. And it's kind of a newer startup, but essentially like they'll take your TikTok video, they'll take a lot of different content, but they'll take podcasts or YouTube or whatever, and then they'll repurpose it to multiple places. So what I do is like, I have my TikToks automatically saved and you've seen this as well with our client, my TikToks automatically now get saved to a storage. So like yeah. all of the TikToks I make for clients get saved to the storage of their choice. And then my assistant can pull them for reels and anybody on their team can pull them for Pinterest or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but basically you can take the repurpose.io allows you to take video content and you can take YouTube and turn it into podcasts. You can take TikTok and turn it into Facebook video, Instagram video, um, YouTube shorts. So it's just a repurposing video tool, but it works really well. Um, and a lot of it you can completely automate, but even the stuff you maybe don't want to automate, like I don't want all of my TikToks to go to Twitter, for example, yeah. like I can go in and it'll load them all. And then you can write the copy and schedule them out. So yeah. that's what I use for that. And that's the resource I'll give you. I have like a list of all the tech stuff I use and some of it is codes or whatever, but a lot of it is just not. And it's just a list that I give to people because everybody always asks about the tools I use. And it really is like once you, that's part of being able to charge more as well. Like once you start charging more, you can afford to invest in tools. Like Metricool is free. It has a great free trial or whatever. The repurpose.io costs like 25 bucks a month. So it's like, yeah. if I can charge more, then I can also give you like all these bomb tools that like you're getting the benefit of like, me being able to like save me time and, and money and be able to and spend time on the things that are actually going to grow your business too, you know? Yeah. And you just, you get so much more efficient. You could spend your time in this stuff, you know, the true strategy part or the, the writing part where you're very strong. You like packages instead of hourly too, because you're like, of course, like if you're on a package, you have all this incentive to work faster and smarter, not harder. And if That's you're hourly, you're kind of like, yeah, you know, like, I'm just going to like sit my cup of coffee and like make some graphics, you know, like, <laughs> It's, it's a different yeah. energy. Yeah. And then when you get to that level too, you don't need that like piddly stuff, like slowing you down. So, okay. So I do use repurpose.io for one other client and I'm starting to do it for myself because it's like the cobbler's kids. Right. But I get frustrated. It's not always like optimized for that platform. You know, I feel like, can hmm. you do reels? Are you just posting the reels manually then? So here's the thing, like with any like platform is that is a lot of people make the mistake. They're like, I've made this one piece of content. It's going everywhere. Like it's going everywhere. And I'm just going to put it and copy and paste. That is the caveat. And that's actually why I do charge more for my clients, because I'm not just going to take their TikTok and strip the watermark and pop it onto reels. I actually yeah. take the video. I add text from Instagram. Even if my assistant's doing it, she knows how to add the text, what text to add. I write more copy on Instagram because you can. I use more hashtags on Instagram because you can, and then I post it. But then if I take the same thing and I'm putting it onto Facebook reels, you don't need hashtags for Facebook reels. There's not the room. You, there's not the spacing. It needs to be a shorter caption. So then I'm taking more of the TikTok stuff and putting it over there and it doesn't need the hashtags, but also you can add a link. So like 
you really <laughs> actually have to, if you're repurposing, and I have a lot of content on this, but if you're repurposing, you need to repurpose with purpose. So that's why Metropool, like I'll take a post and I'll duplicate the post. And if it's an Instagram post, I'm, re- I'm reducing the watermarks and only using a couple on Facebook instead wow. of just auto posting. I'm taking the same idea and maybe using the same graphic, but I'm like writing one line and posting it to Twitter because I already have the content made. And the same with LinkedIn. Um, maybe I'm not like I'm using two hashtags. If it's a silly post, I'm probably not posting it over there. I can add links on Facebook and, and LinkedIn um, where I can on Instagram. And so repurpose your content, yes, but that's a lot of what my assistant does is she, I made a training video on how I do it and she's repurposing my content with purpose. So it's not taking me as long because it's like, we don't want to waste our time and waste our content. Like you're already making the content, but it's like, if you're not optimizing it for each platform, then number one, the people on the platform that love the platform are going to know, like, I'm sorry, if you're posting reels on TikTok, nobody likes your reels on TikTok because it has the real stuff. And they're like, you're on TikTok, bro. Come on. It's okay the other direction. It's okay the other direction because people are like, oh, reels come from TikTok. I get it. But don't do that opposite. And it's like, if somebody posts something on Facebook and it has 30 hashtags, I'm like, what? Like, what are your hashtags? Calm down. Yeah. Um, I'm like insulted. (laughs) This wasn't for me. But I mean, that's also because I'm a social media strategist. And it's worse with some platforms than others. Like TikTok is kind of like its own culture. Whereas like Facebook, like people are just like, oh, content, yay. Like it doesn't really matter. And also like, Facebook is really hard to grow organically. So I'm like, if you're making it, just post it on Facebook. It's fine. But like, ideally in an ideal world, I do that a lot more for my clients than I do for myself because like, is Facebook my priority to grow? No. So like, that's fine. Um, And we're here right now. (laughs) Yeah. So like, what is the goal? Sorry, Facebook. Like, what is the goal? Like, right. So like, if your goal isn't LinkedIn, like I'm not going to like, don't take a ton of time to repurpose with purpose, but it's like, if you actually want to grow on multiple accounts, that's the way you want to do it. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because people feel like, A, I can just hire some very cheap company and they'll just repurpose it ends up being exactly what you said not to do. We need that human element. We need that person with the brain and the person who knows the different platforms and knows that like LinkedIn's always only going to show a couple sentences and YouTube, like you can't just like put a regular caption into YouTube and uh, yeah. you got to learn the nuances of it. So like, I love talking about this with you and I'm... <laughs> I'm like, because I can have like a three hour conversation. I love it. I know me too. And sometimes people like hear me on these shows and they're like, I didn't know anything you're talking about. I'm like, yes, you just have to get started with like the basic social media assistant level. And if you find yourself like becoming like an Allison, like pay attention. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it really is like, like you have to just do it. Like you're not going to ever know any of that stuff unless you do it. Like starting as an assistant, start looking at like what you like. If you're starting as an assistant who specializes in social media, start looking at what's working. There was a time in which like I did just post the same thing other places or there's, I experiment with it every once in a while, but if you're stringent on like, this is what works, that's honestly, I think why I've been able to come in and grow so quickly is because I'm like, you know, like you have to constantly be looking at what works because if people are still doing the same social media strategy from 2019 and it's not working, like me coming in fresh and being like, why? Like, why, why are we doing what we're doing? Or like, I I'll start doing something on a client's account. And then I'm noticing a month later that nothing is working. Like this isn't working. So like, how can we shift a few things to see what is working? Right. And we're constantly doing that. And so as long as you're okay with like, you don't have to be the best, you don't have to be the best at all. Like what actually makes people stand out is like the ability to adapt and grow and learn. And I'm like, I don't know how to do everything. And I'm not going to be the best social media. Like, I'm not going to promise a client that I can grow them to 10,000 followers by X date, 
but I am going to promise them that we will do these deliverables and I will shift and tweak. And every single month I will give you analytics and we will shift our strategy as we need to. And so like whenever you're talking about pricing and packaging and certainty and discovery calls and all the things, it really is like business owners love certainty and you don't have to have certainty in the fact that you're like going to get them these massive crazy results, but you Mm -hmm. need to have certainty in the fact that like certainty in yourself and that like you're going to figure it out and adapt and shift to the last stuff. Exactly. Because marketing is all testing. It's all testing to see what works and what works for someone. It's going to be different for you and that client and that audience and when you post and what type of content you post. So that's hard. That's hard to communicate when you're new. And otherwise we would all just be like using the same like sample content calendar and rolling with it. But every, everybody's going to be different. And so like, as long as you can communicate that to somebody, like, I feel like I usually tell my clients, like, I like to work with clients on a three month basis, like at least because the first month we're just trying to figure out working together. The second month we're getting better and we're seeing what works. And then the third month we're going to hit it. Like we got it. Like, and that's usually the trajectory I see. Very, very true. And sometimes these online business owners, they'll be like complaining over in a Facebook group and they're like, oh, I hired someone on Monday and by Thursday, you know, it's not perfect. And they don't totally have my brand voice. So I'm like, oh God, you guys. So, okay. I want to go back to something you said earlier is something I talk to my people a lot, but you were saying that you don't work with clients who don't show up with video. Mm-hmm. And I just freaking love that because it separates the clients who are serious. People are always asking me, how do I get with higher quality clients? And like, you really nailed it right there. And you are very clear on what is working and what will get people results. So I love that you're like not even touching those clients. So I just want everyone to really hear that about the video part. How much are your packages now? Like if I wanted to work with you. So here's the thing. You can meet people where they're at. Okay. So again, I do custom packages. Generally, I tell people that my video packages are going to start 2000 to 2500 minimum because it's video content and because of all those things that I mentioned before. I met somebody yesterday in a Facebook group that charged 1200 for five to seven TikToks a week. And I'm like, once you start doing that task, you're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to feel resentful because your client isn't paying you enough and it's going to take you a really long time. And so my packages start generally at 2500 now. But now, given that caveat, what you'll notice is a lot of people will fill out your form that can't afford that. And so even though that's my ideal client is people that can charge more than 2500 that's where like I'm looking at business owners. That means on my intake form, and if you go to my social media, you can see my intake form. It's public. It asks like, are you willing to invest $2,500 in your social media strategy? And it has a box that says yes. And a box that says no. Underneath that box, it says, if no, which of the following are you interested in? And it says consulting, coaching, and scripting. And it gives them different options. And so I started with like, just looking for the clients one-on-one. Like those are my I always say like my one-on-one clients are my investors for me to build out more things. So like I started working with like those higher level clients and then realizing that like, okay, maybe I don't have as many of those as I want. And so how can I supplement and meet these other business owners where they're at? Because like, I really do want to help business owners that can't afford enough. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that. Like, oh, I really love this business. I'm really passionate about it, but they can't afford my prices. And then you want to drop your prices. Don't do that. Like your prices aren't negotiable. Like you have to stand in your worth. And like, honestly, what's too expensive to some people is a bargain deal for other people. But generally, like now for my one-on-one clients, I'm looking at people that have over 500K revenue a year in in business. But then like for people that aren't at that level, like I can still do their strategy. I can send them exactly what to post on TikTok. I can do a consultation call and we can talk about how to take all their stuff and repurpose it like we've just been talking about. And so it really is like, how can I help people where they're at now? So like you can always have like those higher level clients and those higher packages, but realize like you can supplement your income and you can still help people 
at that lower level. A way to weed that out, honestly, and this is again, like not being scared to get specific is say like, number one, my intake form says I'm a TikTok manager. People still fill out my form that do not want TikTok services. Like it says TikTok slash reels. And oftentimes I'll do marketing consulting because I like doing that. It's like people will fill out my form. They'll get to $2,500 and it weeds them out for me. So less people are filling out my form, but I'm not wasting my time on calls that aren't going to turn into potential clients. Then I'm not getting on calls and then getting an email back that I'm too expensive because they already had that pre-frame. What I get more often is people filling out that form and saying like, I can't afford this, but like, what do you have for less kind of thing? And that's a really great position to be in because they know like, maybe this is what I want in the future, but this is what you can offer me now. So I think like diversifying amongst that is fine, but realizing that like, (laughs) if you can pre-frame and like kind of weed out people to begin with, but then offer them something else, if they can't afford it, like that's a really good position to be in. Yeah. And there's a price anchoring thing that's happening there too. Yeah. You know, So it makes that second deal like look really good. So if I can't yeah. get you for this, this is amazing. And yeah. like you said, goals. So how many clients are you able to take on? Because I feel like that would quickly hit capacity. Yes. Yeah, so because my package is ranging from 2,500 to five grand, and it really just depends on like how many platforms they want on that video content, because I can take that same piece of video content and make it go crazy, but it has to be very optimized for each specific platform. And so I have a client at like 4,500. I have a client at 3,500. I have a client at 2,000 and a client 2,500. So I have four clients right now. I probably would take a maximum of five and then I'm building out coaching on the side. And so once you get to like your threshold, you have two options. You can either get more help If I get another client, I will be hiring a content assistant. You can either hire more help. So I have a VA or you can like start building out an agency or you can like just take max of these people and then build out other things on the side or just, or or just rest in your laurels with those people. But realize like if I get five clients, I'm still going to be showing up on social media. I'm still going to be prospecting. I'm still going to be doing consulting because like those five clients, like, you know, like clients leave. And by the way, like, that's not a scary thing. Like, I'm a year in business now. So now that I realize that I've lost clients and I didn't die and then I got more clients, like it's totally fine. Um, <laughs> didn't die. Also, yeah. I might want to dump clients. That's fine too. Mm-hmm. I think that once I realized that like, I didn't have to feel in this mode of scarcity, I could still promote and prospect and always realize that like, maybe this client is still at a lower price or maybe this client is kind of treating me like crap or whatever. And then I can pick up people that feel like a better fit. And then I'm back at five and I'm gravy. I would say with every single client too, this helps you with pricing, track your time that you're spending on each of those packages. Because like I might have a client that's paying 2000 and the same package because I raised my prices are the the same package they're paying four grand. And so I'm like, okay, but like I do more for this client that's paying less than I do for this client that's paying more. And like, what is the cost benefit and how much time am I spending? Where can I outsource? So it's really about always like auditing, like what you're offering, how much time it takes you. And is it actually worth it for you? But also- what kind of quality of life do you want? Because I didn't take on any new clients and I traveled. Well, I was supposed to be traveling for two and a half weeks. I got COVID abroad and I couldn't come home. So it turned into a month. I didn't want to pick up any new clients during that time because I wanted to focus on like what kind of life I was living. So if you're a stay-at-home parent or a new parent, or if you are really prioritizing travel or something like that, realize like I can take less clients and have more time. So it's all about like, what do you want your life to look like? Because if I wanted to, I was at a place in November where I was nearing burnout. I had eight clients and I was oh, making, oh, girl. <laughs> I, was making, I was making thousands of dollars less than I'm making now. Cause I was charging less. I was doing more. The stuff I was doing was taking a lot more time and I was nearing like burnout, which was the whole reason I left my previous profession. So 
it's not always like more is better with clients yeah. either. Like what yeah. if you could have less clients? Like I've seen people online say like, I have 15 social media management clients and they're at a thousand dollars a month. And I'm like, well, what if you could offer more and have like three? Exactly. <laughs> like yes. what would that do for your quality of life? I actually had a freelancer consultation yesterday with someone and we were kind of going over that. And I was kind of like shedding the light on some obvious moments of like, okay, this is the client to give more to an upsell. And I, I love that. Like once you like break down the math and you see it, it will do wonders. And I have to tell you, I actually just lost a client two weeks ago and it was a client that I didn't, I didn't really see coming, but I found myself looking at the summer thinking like, how am I going to get through this summer? Like I have a lot going on. I have four kids. I, there's a health thing going on in my family. And then the client let me go because they weren't ready. And it was not the right time. They were wasting their money. And I was like, oh my God, it's like the best feeling ever. And so I have a wait list. I have another spot open, but I have a wait list. And I'm like, I'm not going to start it. I'm going to enjoy July. Like this is like a gift. And it feels like such a blessing to, to be in that situation. And I like that you brought up the lifestyle because I want to have fun this summer. Well, and it's like a mindset belief, right? It's like, I have an abundance mindset in that now, okay, constantly you're working on your personal development. I know that you preach that as well, but like constantly be working on your mindset because mm-hmm. here's the whole thing. When I first started, I, I had a lot of fear. I, I grew up kind of poor. Like I had a lot of fear around money. And then I lived on a teacher salary for five years. I budgeted every single dime I spent for my entire life until this year. And, and now it's like, once I've been working on my mindset so much the past several years, it's like, I have an abundance mindset that like now, like if I lose a client, I feel like it's for a reason. I feel like life happens to me, not for me. I feel like a lot of the times you have to have a shedding period of clients where like you lose a bunch of clients and it sucks. And you feel like you're not going to be able to do this anymore in order to make room for the next thing that's coming. And so I really do believe that like, you know, it is what you make it. Right. But like, if I lose a client, like I just lost a client as well. They decided I was doing some work for an agency to help one of their clients with TikTok and that client decided they didn't want TikTok anymore. Like they had just started, they, I didn't even do any work for them. They were like, we actually, we decided that we don't want to add TikTok. They already paid me a month and I'm like, okay, cool. But now I don't have them for next month. And that kind of stinks. Like it stings, but now I'm like, okay, well, what can I do with this time? Like I needed to get course out. I got stuck in Portugal. I needed some time. I want to, I wanted more time to find a new client. So I think like it's all about looking for the opportunity and the mess and like making something out of that. And then like continuing to shift like in a positive direction, because otherwise you can very easily get discouraged if you get a lot of no's, if you lose a lot of clients and then it can make you want to quit when really like that's just an opportunity. And the people that are successful are the people that push through that. And that's why like not quitting is actually the biggest like marker of success because it's like what the entrepreneur like dropout rate is like two years. So, I mean, yeah. if you can stay and keep going, a lot of the times you're going to be out of the competition because you're the only one that didn't peace out. Yes. Like, oh my gosh. That's like Seth Godin's book, uh, the dip. It's really good. Yes. You should read it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it. then so funny. Cause right before we did this, I did not know we were going to talk about it. I just did a TikTok about scarcity and abundance mindset. <laughs> I love it. So love timing's it. great. Okay. Tell everyone where we can get your 120 TikTok ideas that we can apply for ourselves and for our clients' businesses. Yes. Well, I know that you're going to put in the show notes, but if you go to, I'm at al.meets.social. I'm at al.meets.social on Instagram and TikTok. And if you go to the link in my bio, I always have like a free resource for freelancers or people that want to become social media managers, but also for TikTok. Like, and so I was finding that a lot of people were struggling with like, oh, I'm just going to do the new trend. But like a lot of people weren't if you just do trends on TikTok and trends on reels, I feel like you're missing a big point of building authority and you're missing a big point of connection with your audience. And so if you can actually create content that's evergreen, create content that's unique, create content that doesn't need a trending sound, 
TikTok is actually going to favor it because they're favoring those now. Reels is going to because it's something a little bit different. And so that 120 TikTok ideas are ideas that you can use anytime with any industry. And it's just going to push you out of the box a little bit of like making the same kind of content or just looking for a trend. And because sometimes I find that's the easy way. Whereas if you like make content speaking value and like really hitting people where they're at, that can go a lot further and it can really help you build authority in your industry versus just like, I can do a trending dance and put like 10 TikTok ideas over it, or I can actually sit here and tell you how to build TikTok strategy. And obviously one is going to be more valuable. So I can get it because it has things from like role-playing to lifestyle to like hooks to use. Um, and it's really versatile in that like, literally you could cycle through that and then cycle through it again, like 120. And then you don't yeah. have to worry about what to post today. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love when I'm in the mood to do it and my hair is done and my eyebrows are on and then I can just like bang out a couple of them. And I love to give these ideas to clients because like they struggle, totally yes. struggle. And I, I feel like I could keep talking to you about the clients who won't do it yes. and can't keep it up consistently. I think that's like always my biggest problem when they're like, I want to try it. And they're like, I can't keep it up. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like it is one of those things, like also, like if you're a freelancer, you have to make it really like Part of my thing is I'm like, I want to make it as easy on the on the business owner as possible. So I have a client that she will sit down and do some of the prompts, but there are some seasons in which she actually cannot do that. She is too busy and that's okay, but you have to give them another way to like make stuff easy. And so I'm often like, okay, where can I get your intellectual property? Can, do you have a course? Do you have a book? Can I give you a list of like 10 things that you can make a list off of? like your favorite resources for this, like your top 10 tips for this or whatever. And you can make them and I can use those. And then I'm just literally like make a video of like your scenery or make a video of like you typing on your computer, like literally any video, have your husband make it. I don't care. B-roll, um, B-roll, B-roll. Yeah, yeah, like literally <laughs> drop it in the chat. Like it doesn't matter. Like I constantly, when I was on vacation, I was like, I'm going to walk down the street and I'm going to put it in slow motion and then I'm going to put some value over it. Like go to my TikTok, you'll see it everywhere. And it's literally like, you have to make it easy for people. So that's how I make it easy is I'm like, these are the types of things you can do when you have no time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. And I have to tell you, I signed up for a reels shoot for my next launch with a lady in Virginia beach. Hi. And I'm just so excited to have somebody else. I try to involve my daughter, my husband. Oh, it's going to be so good. I cannot wait that's to tell awesome. you about it. And you also have a freebie. We're going to drop it in the show notes here, a social media manager guide. If you guys are really interested in niching down in this world, check that out. What's inside that guide, Allison? So it's basically, and I'm about to like revamp it and make it even like juicier, but it's basically the seven steps to get started as a social media manager. I'm building a course to that regard of basically like, you know, how do you go from like the skills that you currently have to starting as a social media manager to getting your first client and starting to work with them? So it, it's going to go over things like those first seven steps to build out that and like, but I'm actually going to add to it because I made an acronym that's social, like for the six steps to start. So I'm going to nice. revamp it. So, but you got to check it out because it really, I think the hardest thing is knowing how to start. And once people can start and get a little bit of momentum and get a little bit of win, then they feel like they can continue going. But like the overwhelm of like, how do I start? A lot of times can stop people from even taking action on like what they need to do. Basically. Amen. So, One of the most scariest things I've ever done is putting publish on my first post for my seven figure business owner. And I'm like hitting publish and I'm like, what am I going to F up? You know, every but, time. And you are going to F it up. So it's uh, fine. But it is. <laughs> But, you know, it's all about shifting. But yeah, like, so both of those are really good resources and they're free. And then I, um, once you get that, then I send out like weekly emails that are literally not even telling you anything. They're just like value stuff that I'm thinking about. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything. I always love your energy. I love how fast you've grown, how you're absorbing it and you're 
you're like my fellow, like dominant personality out there, like learning and hustling and, and sharing, and you're out to make an impact with other women and empower them to have their own plan B and take control of their finances. So thank you. Connect with Allison over at Al Meet Social. Everything's in the show notes. And thanks so much. Yes. Thank you. See you on TikTok. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to the show today. If you found it helpful, would you please screenshot it? Tag Allison and me over on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you how it was helpful, what your biggest takeaway was, all the goodness. And if you have other podcast ideas, guests for me, send me a DM. Let me know what you're thinking. What are some topics you'd like to hear? I would love to get those guests on the show. And I have a really big guest coming soon. I can't wait to tell you about it. I will see you next week with more goodness on Unicorns Unite. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Glad you've joined me here. I know it's a... What am I trying to say?